0: From the Catholic Archdiocese of Adelaide and ArchD Radio and Podcasting, this is the Parishes of Adelaide podcast for Wednesday the 6th of May. I'm your host, James Mester. We've started this new podcast as one of the ways that, as an archdiocese of many parishes, we can stay connected during this time when we are disconnected in a lot of ways. Every Wednesday, we'll be releasing a new episode that will feature the gospel reading and reflection for the coming Sunday, and conversations with two different parishes to see how they're staying connected with their congregations at the moment. Each week though, we'll begin with a pastoral message for all Catholics in the Archdiocese, this week from our Apostolic Administrator and Bishop of Port Perry, Bishop Greg O'Kelly.
1: Good day, sisters and brothers. It's a a pleasure and honor, of course, to, to be able to talk to you Today, we've just picked up Archbishop-elect O'Regan. Father Marshall and I greeted him as he came to Adelaide. He's now going into isolation for a fortnight, and then, of course, his installation will be on the 25th of May. So it's bringing a certain period of my life to an end. These last two years has been my honour to be with the people of Adelaide, as well as the people of the beautiful diocese of Port Pirie. The gospel is, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And uh, uh, we Catholics and Christians generally, of course, have had to find our own way to the Father through the Son uh, with all this lockdown. We've had different ways of... We've been deprived of the Eucharist and some type of famine of that which is central to our hearts and our spirituality. And uh, and the people of God have risen up in different ways to to try to... um, make uh, a compensation for that. And all sorts of good things have been happening. A closeness has gathered and uh, people are reaching out in different ways. And there's been you know, the, the number of people who watch the um, masses on live streaming, uh, far more than actually go to mass. Uh, well, at least that I know of. Um, but also the outreach, we've heard of little things of people delivering hand, delivering bottles of holy water, the palms, that sort of thing, people phoning each other, people are coming together, families eating together for for the first time, um, for, so for a long time. Um, so many ways like that. I'm sure many good things will come out of this. And for our for the Archdiocese of course now, the new shepherd, a new leader in the, in the form of Archbishop O'Regan. So I was very happy to be able to um, be here working with Father Marshall who did so much for the Archdiocese in these last two years and we wish and welcome Archbishop O'Regan and I wish you every blessing.
0: To read this week's Gospel, we have Father Peter Zwanz, parish priest for Brooklyn Park, Richmond.
2: The Lord be with you. And, and with, with your, your spirit. spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory, Glory to, to your Lord. Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God still, and trust in me. There are many rooms in my Father's house. If there were not, I should have told you. I'm going now to prepare a place for you. And after I have gone and prepared you a place, I shall return to take you with me, so that where I am, you may be too. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you know me, you know my Father too. From this moment you know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, let us see the Father, and then we shall be satisfied. Have I been with you all this time, Philip, said Jesus to him, and you still do not know me? To have seen me is to have seen the Father. So how can you say, let us see the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak as from myself. It is the Father living in me who is doing this work. You must believe me when I say that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Believe it on the evidence of this work, if for no other reason. I tell you most solemnly, whoever believes in me will perform the same works I do myself. He will perform even greater works, because I am going to the Father. The Gospel of the Lord.
3: Praise to you, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ.
2: Christ. So the Gospel today we have that most celebrated line, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. But I suppose for a lot of cradle Catholics and for a lot of Christians who've grown up reading the Gospels, you kind of take for granted these great statements that Jesus makes without really asking, well, hang on a second, what does they what does that really mean? What does it mean for Jesus to say that I am the way? How can a person be away? Well, I suppose the the way that I came to understand it, because I'd been in the same boat of not really thinking about, well, what does it actually mean? The way that I came to understand it came by means of a homily that was preached by an Italian bishop. And he, he made this point. He goes, look, let's say you need to climb a mountain, right? Well, how do you go about it? You you can point generally to the peak and say, okay, well, that's where I need to go. But along the road, there are going to be a lot of perils. What do you need? Actually, I I need a guide. I need someone who can come down from the mountain and who knows precisely how to arrive at the peak. So, if you're going up Mount Everest, you get a Sherpa. If you're going up uh, a a steep um, incline, you, you get a guide. And you, you might pause and, and, and say to the Sherpa, hey, look, look, what's the way? Tell me. And what's he going to respond? It's like, I'm the way. Walk with me. I know how to arrive at the destination and your way is to follow and to walk with me. Now, we might get frustrated at that point and sort of go, look, just give me a map. All right. Just, you know, sort it out. Give me, give me the, you know, the directions of the way that I need to go. And what's he going to say? It's like, no, 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 no. You need to walk with me. It's a dangerous road. It's a road that's got a lot of perils. And there's a way that I know. And it's for you to follow in my footsteps. And so I think Jesus speaks to us in that same light. You know, I am the way. And it's curious then that, that God doesn't actually give us a road map. He doesn't just, you know, sort of hand us a piece of paper and go, okay, here's your to-do list, get that done, and then you'll arrive at the destination that I have for you. Because, you know, if, if God did that, where would our attention be? It'd be on our paper. It'd be on the map itself. Instead, Jesus is, no, 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 I am the way. Walk with me, step by step. But what it needs is Trust. And, and that's exactly where Jesus started at the beginning of the gospel. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God still and trust in me. Walk with me. You see, sometimes it feels as though we're lost. Sometimes we don't know where we are or where we're headed. But those are the moments when Jesus says, all right, you, you may not know where you are. Or you may not know where you're going, but you're never lost because... I know where we are, and I know where we're headed. So trust God, trust me, and place your feet where I place mine, and we'll arrive at the destination that God has prepared for us. And Jesus gives a little description of the place that God has prepared for us. He says, Look, look, all right, we're going to the Father's house, the place where there are many rooms, the place that I'm going now to prepare for you. And what's the whole point of this? Well, Jesus says to us, it's like, so that where I am, you may be too. This simple little passage, it reveals so much about Jesus' heart and what he wants for us and what he's going to accomplish for us. That he will walk with us side by side. Why? So that we may arrive at the place prepared for us, so that we may be in his presence forever. So that where I am, you may be too. And I think we need to take heart that even though in our own difficulties and struggles, even though in the midst of all of this mayhem and chaos about the coronavirus and all of that, even though we might know where we're headed or what lies ahead in the road, when Jesus is walking by our side, we're not lost. And so we can trust him. We can entrust ourselves to him, knowing that whatever difficulties we may face What lies ahead is the Father's house. Now, I think it helps a little bit as well to put into context exactly the moment when Jesus is saying these words to his disciples. He's in the upper room. He's at the Last Supper. He himself is about to go into his own suffering and death. And now he says to his disciples, Look, you guys, trust me. And I think he's able to say that because of how much he himself trusts God. He's about to walk a path that is going to be truly terrible and frightening for the disciples and certainly agonizing for himself. But he never loses sight that he's headed towards the father's house. And what the father has prepared for him is new life. So with Jesus having walked that way himself, he now comes in order to take us with him yeah the way is the way of the cross we know that there are always going to be difficulties and sufferings that we need to confront but when we walk it with him we know that the place we arrive will be the place that God has prepared for us so hear those words again from Jesus do not let your hearts be troubled trust in God still and trust in me
0: Father Peter Zwanz and Roslyn, who is one of the parishioners here and also does a lot of work in youth ministry as well here at the parish at Brooklyn Park. It's wonderful to have you both here. Just listening to the reflection there, um, Father Peter, when you do the reading for the week and you you come up with a gospel reflection, is there some things like that you definitely keep in mind saying this is how I need to approach this, this is how I, I actually come up with a reflection that I know is gonna be impactful and uh, gets to the heart of what the gospel is all about?
2: Yeah, look, a, cu- a couple of things always sort of come to mind for me. Um, I'm always looking for what's the obvious thing that we've taken for granted and never stopped to look at. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for example, like, okay, the way, the truth, and the life, like, you know, we hear that so often. And, yeah. and it's something that, that, you know, is so much part of our own vocabulary. And yet, you know, hang on a second, what's, what, what is Jesus actually talking about there? What does he mean by that? And, and so, I often use that as a bit of an entry point. It's like, okay, what is it that we've been seeing all this time but that we haven't actually stopped to ask, well, why? What's yeah. that about? Um, so, that's, that's often a bit of an entry point for me. The second thing that I also, you know, kind of keep in the back of my mind is like, well, what are, what are people going through at the moment? Yeah. You know, where, where's our life? Where's our, where are our hearts? Um, and, you know, the common experience that so many are talking about at the moment is this experience of, well, what's happening? These are strange times, you know, everyone is saying that, you know, well, this is an unprecedented time in our history, we've never gone through anything quite like this before and it's like, you know what, you're right, you know, we don't really know where the restrictions are going, we don't know, you know, is there a second wave of coronavirus coming on, how's it going in China, you know, those who've gone ahead of us, how are they they confronting the same problems and is this going to happen to us and... All of this uncertainty is kind of bubbling underneath, um, you know, each one of us. And I think, you know, particularly the gospel for this coming Sunday speaks so powerfully to that experience of, like, okay, you know what? You may not know what lies ahead in the road, but you know who's standing next to you right now. Yeah. So, it's a really interesting time in, in parish life. I
0: mean, this is parish life like we've never seen it before. It's it's a completely different way in which um you guys must be needing to stay connected like how is the parish staying connected with its parishioners rosalyn for uh, from your point of view what are you doing to stay connected with people in the parish at this time
3: i guess um in terms of the ministries that i was a part of some of those things um haven't been able to go ahead but we try to make amends like our bible study at the moment so we we used to meet up um every thursday night here um As a group, but now we do things via Zoom meetings. Um, And what's that like? It it was weird at the start. (laughs) Um, What was the first one like? Um, It was actually good There's actually more people that attended the Zoom meeting Rather than people that actually go to the Thursday nights in person But no, it was good Um, It was weird at the start But I think um, it's good because I I can share the actual readings on screen And share screens, which is good Um, Works the same way Gets a bit awkward when some people are talking at the same time And you don't know who's talking (laughs) Or some people are on mute and father says, I can't hear you
0: you can see the camera on and they're talking. And yeah, it's like going, yeah, then
3: you got someone. You're sending
0: messages through, we can't <laughs> hear you.
3: Yeah, or I sit there and do my knitting while Father's talking. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: talking. I didn't know that. No, she's kidding, right? Wink, wink, you definitely wouldn't do that. <laughs> no, of course not. Oh, no, my camera accidentally went off. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. I'm just I'm sorting it all out. Oh, and yeah, loop but- <laughs> and thread and loop and thread.
3: Exactly. No, it's good. Um, It's good to stay connected, particularly... Um, a lot of us still yearn for like formation, particularly during these times, and to stay connected. Not only to stay connected, but to stay connected through scripture, stay connected to um, the parish, um, just so that we could still keep um, nourishing ourselves in our lives at the moment.
0: How about for you, Peter? Like, um, w- what other kind of methods are you needing to use to kind of make sure that you stay connected and that the parish stays as a community when we're also separate?
2: Oh, look, look, it, it's actually really hard. Um, you know, for those who've got facility with, um, you know, the internet and and you know means of meeting like with Zoom and Google Chats and all that sort of stuff, like that, that's great, that's fine, and and that affords a whole new bunch of opportunities. But you know, for those who Aren't so um, you know, au fait with the internet and with um, with online means, it, it actually gets really hard and and really isolating. So you know, the phone becomes really important in, yeah. in that mm-hmm. circumstance. Like you know what, you've actually got to pick up the phone and talk to someone. Um, so you find yourself doing that quite a bit. Yeah, just yeah, pick yeah. Up the phone and calling people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, the other thing that that we're doing, of course, is like, I I try and keep things as normal as possible for the life of the parish. I mean, you know, everything is been interrupted in in such a profound way but something as simple as you know what i still produce the parish bulletin you know yep. and it still looks the same as as it always has and you know okay you know we need to you know put it out there by different means but um so like now i'll email it out to to those who've who've given me their addresses um but for those who you know don't use email you know we got a bit of a we got a bit of a team that go out and deliver them you know, yeah right. Just you know, either stick it in the letterbox or you know, knock on the door and hand it over, and 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 that you know, that's that sort of valuable opportunity of you know, just a little bit of interaction. So you know, I think what I I'm always worried about is like, okay, what are the dark spots? You know, what are the what are the black spots yeah. where the communication kind of drops off? Um, because my guess is if they're people that are hard to contact. Other people are finding it hard to get in yeah. contact with them too, and they're, they're probably the really isolated. That's corners. right. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: When you're not gathered in together in community, you're not gathered together in in mass or sacraments. Like, where do you encounter God with your parish during times like this when you're all separated? I mean, in a way, I think you've partly gone to say that you, in the in the the connecting and I guess the charity of people going out and visiting other people
2: and it's that extra legwork would that would that be close to the mark yeah look i I think i think that's part of it there there are ways that you know we need to kind of remember that hey look we're all part of the parish together Mm. and um even though we're all sort of you know socially distant and isolating ourselves that it it's part of who we are and um you know that we we don't forget each other um in the midst of it so I, i think that's that's part of the picture when you sort of you know, slot God into it, and it's like, okay, well, we're not all coming together at the same time and at the same place, um, you know, to have the same, you know, moment of worship. Uh, And I I think that poses a different challenge. But what kind of unifies us across the whole thing is still, you know, the liturgical cycle. So, you know, we're actually all still doing the same readings. You know, we're all still, you know, meditating on the same, you know, word of God. And I think we're also experiencing that same hunger that, you know, while we're having this time where, where we can't receive the Eucharist, that we're, we're all kind of feeling that same sort of edginess. And I, I think that brings us together in a, in a common experience too and, and sort of gives us that um, united identity of like, you know what, we're all in our homes but we'd rather not be and we're all together by, you know, knowing that, hey, we're going through the same thing together.
0: And you were talking before, Rosalind, about about spiritual nourishment, people wanting spiritual nourishment through the the Bible study classes that you do and uh, getting together in that way. Have you found that there has been maybe something um, unexpected about it? You've encountered the spirit in an unexpected way in doing it through these different kind of means.
3: Yeah, I guess so, because we're finding different ways together to pray. So, a lot of us, um, for, for me really, um, we're finding ways to to pray the rosary via via Zoom. So, I guess it's that kind of, even though there's a distance towards is Isn't it
0: ma- amazing yeah. you say yeah. that, praying the rosary via Zoom? If you'd said <laughs> those words three months ago, people would think like, what is that?
3: Yeah. So, it still feels really like we're all connected, even with my friends from interstate. Like, it feels like we're more connected now than we were before because we're forced to talk to each other. Uh, by different means. Yeah. So,
0: and I guess when yeah. it comes to things like getting people together, like people who are interstate as well as people who are, who are local, it's, it's now it makes no difference as to where people are anymore. No. We're all essentially interconnected via the same means.
3: Yeah, and that's why I think even with our online Bible study, I've been able to connect more people from interstate rather than just our parish now so right. that everyone can actually join in.
0: From your perspective, guys, I mean, what is it about this parish here that, that you feel makes it unique? What is it that gives it its own unique identity?
2: I think one of the things that, uh, like, I, I've, I've served in a few parishes now um, in in my eight years as a priest, and I, I think one of the things that um, that marks this place out particularly is is there's a real spirit of joy here. I find, like, you know, chatting to the people after mass. Um, you know, I'm I'm usually there for you know twenty minutes, half an hour, just you know, having a chat, and 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 people are. I find they're they're really happy mm. to be here and to be part of the parish um you know they're they're, they're wanting to stay back and you know associate with each other and mm. and um i think it's, it's a it's a parish that has really established um you know links between parishioners if there's one kind of unique feature i reckon it's that yeah,
3: yeah i agree i think lots of people do Like, love to stay back. I think there's a sense that when you were talking about, like, talents and stuff, I think what's really good about this parish, um, like, while it really gives us an opportunity, if we've got an idea, um, that he gives us that opportunity to actually drive it and see how it goes. um, I think that's what really distinguishes um, the parish, that he gives us um, the ability to um, share our talents um, and use those talents that God gives us. Mm. In terms of, like, where Bible study started, really it started off from, just establishing ICIA like a few years ago um, so that we could, as uh, the people who teach the catechism, to the people preparing for baptism or confirmation. Like, a lot of us have been given the opportunity to actually teach the faith um, and use those talents of um, wisdom and knowledge and, you know, do our own research about um, teaching the faith rather than Father always teaching it. Um, yeah. It's been, it's been really good. So, that's how we really started our Bible study. Um, simply just having the opportunity to teach the faith uh, rather than having the priest do it as well. So, it's been a shared community whenever we do um, come up with new ministries.
0: This being the first um, Parishes of Adelaide podcast, it'd be lovely to take an opportunity uh, with you guys. If you've got a message for the other parishes and and, uh, all across Adelaide and South Australia, what would you like to say to them?
3: I guess um everyone's also welcome to join in the zoom meetings for bible study as well
0: oh okay so we'll need to i'll need to get yeah, the yeah. So that we'll, i'll put it in the show notes for this episode so yeah, we can absolutely. we can do that
3: and i guess um i guess i could just to know that we're all in this together um that we're all kind of praying for each other um yearning for that one thing as well for jesus um from the time when we get to go to mass and go to the church again um i guess we're all in this together in terms of that and we're all. i guess yeah Praying for each other, praying for you guys, um, particularly during these times.
2: Yeah, I think something similar. Just you know what, hang in there. We you know, we don't we don't quite know how this is all going to unfold. Like hopefully in, in you know, the coming weeks that we'll be able to, you know, sort of open churches and, you know, perhaps uh, you know, have time for private prayer and, you know, maybe the mass is still a little bit away away, but but you know, to, to really, you know, persevere. Um, with with our faith, and you know that we're able to do things now in a in a different way means that we're actually having to do them on purpose. You know, you you can't just kind of fall into the routine and go, okay, Sunday morning, go to mass. You know, da 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 da, da. You know, I, I've actually got to rethink things a little bit, and and you know. Really do it on purpose, you know. Okay, well, how am I how am I going to do what I ordinarily do, but in a different way? Um, you know, to to allow ourselves to be kind of open to that new to that new experience, and then and then uncover something that we maybe haven't found before. Mm-hmm. I think I think one of the things that that has really been a fruit of this time is is the sort of rediscovery of scripture, because it's like, okay, well, you know. Often, you know, when we go to Mass, the, the readings are sort of the bit where you kind of zone out a little bit and then you, you sort of score the homily out of 10 and then you get to the real business, which is the Eucharist, right? But it's like now um, I, I've actually got to stop and and and, you know, engage with the readings myself, you know, mm-hmm. like. Do my own personal yeah. reflection because I'm not going to get spoon fed by a mediocre homily from the priest. Um, so you know, maybe maybe there's maybe there's something to be found here. Um, and while we may be frustrated by the fact that this isn't how we want it to be, um, to go okay, well, given that this is how it is, you know, how do I persevere and how do I find something that might actually be hidden there that the Lord's seeking to give me?
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, wonderful. And also uh, another thing too that hasn't been mentioned is you um, have started this wonderful podcast, um, Peter, uh, called Corona of Thorns, which is I think available on all the different um, podcast platforms. We'll put the yep. link to that in our show notes as well. Yep. Can you give people a quick rundown on what it is if they haven't heard it yet?
2: Oh, okay. Yep, yep, yep. So, it's just a, it's a liturgy of the word. So, we do the readings of the day. Um, I'll give a quick mediocre homily. Um, and then- <laughs> They're really
0: not mediocre. Spoilers.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and then um, we we join together in making a spiritual communion. So um, for those who aren't familiar with that practice, that's, um, you know, taking a moment and saying, okay, Lord, I can't receive Holy Communion right now, but I want to, um, and I'd like you to give me the grace of um, Holy Communion, even though I can't participate. You know sacramentally, uh, so you know it, it's it's a moment of kind of expressing our hunger to the Lord and allowing Him to feed us, you know, by means of the by means of the Scriptures. Um, so you know, hopefully, it's something that can you know sort of sustain a few people along the road.
0: Yeah. And other added note, um, as an audio nerd person, we've just realised this morning that we are twinsies with our audio recorders, so (laughs) the other part of it, too, is that it sounds beautiful. (laughs) It's got a lovely sound to it. It's gotten better from the start. Yeah, it's improved. No, I I thought it was great from the get-go I loved it, you know And people I speak to about it go Have you heard Peter's podcast yet? Yeah, no, it's fantastic So um, it's definitely great We'll put the link to that in our show notes If you want to check that one out as well Father Peter, Rosalind, thank you so much For being a part of the Parishes of Adelaide podcast Thanks for having us Thanks, James, good on you Next stop this week was to visit Father Michael Trainer, parish priest for Lockleys. Father Michael, thank you so much for being a part of the parishes we are of Adelaide. We're on. <laughs> okay. Is that okay? Yeah, it's fine. Okay, cool. How's the parish going at this time? It's a different time. Yeah, it is, uh, and
4: uh, it, it is very different. <laughs> <laughs> What's the biggest challenge for you at the moment? Uh, it's it's uh, communicating to, to all our parishioners. Because in the past, up until the virus time, we relied upon people coming to church, and that was our main moment of communication through our parish bulletin yeah. and through our uh, notices after Mass or at the end of Mass. And we were communicating only to the church-going, Mass-going population. Of which there would be about two to three hundred people, I guess. Mm-hmm. But the parish is bigger than that, and uh, so what? What the virus has done for us is reconsider what we understand parish to be. Parish is not the church building; it's actually the people. And is that a big shift for you? Uh, well, it's it's. Um, it's a recovering shift, let's say. I
0: Talk to me about that. What do you mean
4: by that? Well, um, in my own studies uh, in theology and understanding what the church is, the church is the people of God. Mm. And what I think we've done, when I say we, I mean myself and perhaps other, other priests and so on, have, have seen the... The mass going population as the church whereas what the virus invites us in to consider is it's more than what the mass going population is that it's all those people who are affiliated or recognized or baptized as Catholics that are in the area of Lockleys parish uh, who are on our books perhaps and whom we haven't seen so what we've moved into are different modes of communication now. One of them is through, through the internet and our parish website, lockleysparish.com where we're trying to really establish a, a renewed mode of communication and offering prayer, spirituality and biblical resources for parishioners. And the other thing uh, we've tried to do, like a lot of parishes and uh, have done, is to live stream our Masses.
0: What was the first experience that you did of the
4: first live stream? What was that like? <laughs> well, first of all, I knew very little about Facebook. Okay. <laughs> and um, it, was very, it, was, it was very unusual because here am I, and I'm celebrating Mass at, in my home, and Father Dev, who's the assistant priest of the parish, he celebrates it at uh, the Archbishop's house at West Terrace, also privately. Uh, but um, when you see these little balloons come up, speech balloons come up, you know somebody is out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there is this kind of sense of communication. Uh, I, I mean, uh, when you're in the liturgy, you're kind of I'm not I'm not reading it, you know, I'm not getting feedback. <laughs> but you're
0: seeing it pop up and go, oh, "Hello!" <laughs> <laughs> yes,
4: right. yeah. And how many people are watching? It
0: must be, though. Is it, is it a bit like as if you were um, celebrating Mass and people were walking in and out? Does it have that same kind of distracting vibe no, to it?
4: No. I, for me, it wasn't. I, it's just I realized at this moment, chronologically, that this moment in time, I am connecting to these people who are watching. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it it got me thinking later about what we understand by presence. So when I'm celebrating Eucharist in the parish church at Lockleys, Christ the King Church, there's a physical presence, a, a real presence to one another, which is not what happens when you're celebrating a Mass and it's live streaming. There is a presence, but it's not a physical or a real presence. In the sense that you and i are here in this room mm. doing this i mean we could be doing this recording i could be in my home and you could be in your office mm.
0: you're doing plenty of recordings like that at the moment yeah. and
4: that's it's a very different experience than i can see you i can see your facial features that to me it, it got me thinking about what is sacramental presence yeah so uh when i'm when we are as a parish gathering to celebrate eucharist there is the sacramental presence of Jesus with us as the worshipping community in a way that does not exist um, uh, when we are live streaming the Mass. I mean, yeah. the sacramental presence in a sense is uh, with me present with the Eucharist and so on in the Eucharistic through the Eucharistic prayer, but for the people it's, uh, who are watching it's a very different presence. That's why I always come back to the other reality that I think is quite common to us that we haven't really explored in the local church of Adelaide and that is the Liturgy of the Word. Mm. So with the Liturgy of the Word, no matter where we are or how we are celebrating it, there is this presence of um, God, which is part of our teachings from the Second Vatican Council. Through the Liturgy of the Word, people can come into communion with God and with one another. Now we really haven't explored that as a as a um, primary mode of liturgical celebration. Our, our our focus has always been on the liturgy of the Eucharist. As you know, Mass is two parts: liturgy yes. of the Word, liturgy of the Eucharist. While the Protestants went for the Word of God as a primary uh, centre of their spirituality, the Roman Catholic Church moved to a focus on the Eucharist. We are still focused, I think, a lot on the liturgy of the Eucharist, mm. without giving appropriate um, energy to the liturgy of the of the Word. So anyway, that's one of the learnings that is coming coming to me out of this whole virus. Yeah. Is so the live streaming of Mass is a very different, uh, very unusual experience. Uh, even last week, when I was live streaming uh, Mass, thinking this is going out to the world. I didn't realise in Facebook you can do it to yourself or public. <laughs> so anyway, it's only well, I was only live streaming very, to myself.
0: Very small parish community right there.
4: <laughs> so anyway, it's a learning experience. Yeah. But so so what I'm saying is uh, we are only addressing a small group of people in the parish because. Uh, when I think of the parishioners that come to mass on Sunday so faithfully, even though the um, the data from the census is that we have a percentage like an 87% of people in the parish are internet connect, uh, are mm-hmm. connected through the internet, most of the parishioners that come to mass on Sunday would be a much of an older age group, yeah. so would not have that. Connectivity. So we have to work um, to communicate uh, through the usual channels, through letter dropping and so on. So uh, the parish team has sent out letters pretty regularly each week as a way of communicating with all those parishioners that we wouldn't normally be able to communicate through the internet or through our parish website.
0: Has there been kind of any unexpected moments of connection in doing it that way? I mean, you're then having to engage with your parish workers in a different way, you're engaging with your parishioners in a different way. Has the, has there been any kind of like unexpected moments of connection, Any unexpected places where you've experienced the Spirit in a way that you might not have done previously?
4: Uh, well, I think one of the... I call it the gift of the virus. I mean, the virus is not a gift in a sense. Of course, it's a tragic global event. But it's caused us to rethink the way we are as parish, as the church and as the people of God. But one of the things uh, I've seen really emerge is the leadership of our parish council. Right. The leadership of our Finance Council, because as you know, finances, well, as you'd think, finances have taken a real hit mm. because people aren't there to At give. mass to give, yeah. To give. So we're trying to move more now to um, uh, online giving. But what has emerged is this creativity amongst the parish councillors as we have our Zoom meeting and talk about uh, h- how can we c- continue to communicate? What is it we want to communicate to parishioners? So out of that came the idea, say, on Passion or Palm Sunday of Father Dev and myself, we blessed the palms, which was live-streamed to the universe, mm-hmm. and then we invited parishioners who who were able, would like to come and drive by, and we would give them <laughs> their, their palm branches. Uh, we, we, of course, um, we had... Uh, gloved hands and all yes. all the usual sort of procedures. And then the other thing that we've done more recently is uh, at our live stream Sunday Eucharist, we bless little containers of water for Easter water, and we've been inviting parishioners to come and collect them, or uh, if they're unable to, we would drop them off. But one of the things, one of the surprises, to come back to your question, James, is... Um, I've been also going around doing some of the letter dropping, and Mm -hmm. not droppings, actually knocking on the door and through the wire door or over the threshold of the floor having a conversation with parishioners who would recognize me and it gives me an opportunity both to see their context in which they live but also uh, the surprise they have that the priest has come and is visiting with them, and, and one one family was quite moved. That, and I know this is a, it shouldn't be priest centred, but for 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 people, the the presence of the priest at the house is a very important symbol for yeah. them. So that's that's been uh, one of the surprises, and and in a sense, one of the gifts that uh, has come to me, meeting the parishioners in their own homes yeah. and and getting a sense of their own uh, faith life context like the other day i was um we were sending this little gift around in a little package to all our parishioners and it's it was simply a candle a little prayer candle with a logo on the front of a little prayer on the back of it and we we couldn't really put them in letter boxes we have to go to the uh, home and Mm -hmm. uh, either leave them at the front door or let or uh, knock on the door ring the doorbell And, and in one situation the family, the couple, an elderly couple, were very touched by this. They had come from uh, Germany, migrated from Germany, just straight after the Second World War. Had been in this parish for all that time. And it gave me an opportunity to to reflect with them on their lives and what it was like to come Come to the parish and come to be with us. And then as the story unfolded, uh, the woman's told me that the architect for the church at Lockleys was her brother, wow. and, and who died about two or three years ago. And the, if you've ever gone down Hilly Beach Road past the church, Christ the King, the the design of the church isn't is uh, the, the roof is the upside down shape of a hull of a ship.
0: Yes, so, no, so I've seen that many times. So it's it really a, stands out.
4: So it's a reminder of the the uh, the original Catholic population. There were migrants from Italy and from Malta who came and uh, and really made the parish as it is. So that's the heritage that we are living out of now. The, yeah. That great sense of migration. So that that really came to me in this conversation I had with this couple. Who, mm. were,
0: if this whole thing hadn't happened, you wouldn't have had that conversation. This no. wouldn't have taken place. And it's told me when I was much younger
4: and uh, living in my own home parish during the time I was also going to the seminary. One of the things I remember most was uh, the the priests of the parish of the of the of that era would do a lot of home visitation, <laughs> and I can see now the goodness that comes out of that where yeah. we we meet the people in their own homes. So this is one of the themes that we are discussing as a parish council. How can we continue this beyond the coronavirus era how can we continue this mode of pastoral visitation to our people
0: what would be the impedance to that though do you find that when you move back to I guess the the standard way of of celebrating mass with a parish and that being the central way in which you do it is it is it about time then is it about finding the time to do those things I think it's not so much finding the
4: time but making it a way of pastoral outreach to continue this mode of pastoral outreach but involve uh, more and more people in this yeah and, and i'd say the um for us or for me as i think about it, and i think of the work that our pastoral associate joan has done joan walsh <laughs> Uh, and Annette in our office, and so on. I think it's inviting us to look for ways to continue this process of pastoral outreach and visitation, but to involve uh, a number of um, more, you know, more and more people from mm. the parish to do this.
0: Parishes of Adelaide is a production of Archdi Radio and Podcasting for the Catholic Archdiocese of Adelaide. You can subscribe to the podcast and have it delivered to your device every Wednesday as soon as it's released on whatever platform you're listening to it on right now. For all the contact details and resources mentioned in this episode, please check the show notes. Music in this episode was by Lee Rosevear, Kevin McLeod, and Hyde. If you think there are other people who may enjoy this podcast, please share it with them. And if there are others you know or in your parish who don't have the technology to listen to podcasts on their phone, their iPad, their computer, or other digital device, we can make CDs of this podcast available. So please contact me by email, and that'll be in the show notes too, and we'll work out how to get those to you. My name is James Meston. I look forward to catching up with you again next Wednesday. See you next week.